with us. We're going to read our theme verse. We've been in a series called Stand. And I want everyone to read this, including those who are online. Join me. I looked for someone. Let's start again. I had about 12 of you. Come on, let's all do it together. Ready? I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap, in the wall, so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but found no one. Every time we read that verse, something in my heart leaps and says, no, God, when you look across America, when you look in the Santa Clarita Valley, I believe you're going to find a group of people who are saying, we're going to stand. We stood for, we learned in week one, stand for equality. Last week, stand for revival. Today, we're going to learn about standing for the unborn. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I pray that you'd anoint everything spoken and anoint our hearts and minds to receive it. Lord, even as we touch on a sensitive issue today, I pray for those that have come that maybe are struggling with things from the past or maybe have certain mindsets. I pray that the grace of God will rest on this place, that you'd anoint my words, and Lord, they would bring truth and life in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God chooses people to stand because here's what we learned. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And one of the things that I believe that not only has the world embraced this, but many in the church have fallen for anything. And that is a lie about what takes place in the womb, about the unborn child. We're going to talk about abortion. Let me just say that um, as we talk today, I hope that you understand that we're going to speak truth and love because here's the thing. Truth without grace is mean. Just get on Instagram and, and, and Facebook and look at some people's posts that say they're Christians. Truth without grace is mean, but how many know grace without truth is meaningless? And so today we're going to speak truth, we're going to do it in love, and we're going to learn what God has to say because, you know, the, the concept of abortion, we all understand the unborn, and the Bible doesn't directly talk about abortion. It does indirectly. One, it says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. So we know that God doesn't want us to kill life. Not only that, but that we know that the Bible tells us that there was a, a group of people who were sacrificing children to a God called Moloch. And so there was these young infants that were taken and given to this God and killed. And God said it was extremely evil. Now, what is abortion? Well, the medical definition is simply this, and it saddens me as I read this definition because here's what the medical profession says. Abortion is the premature exit of the products of conception from the uterus. The reason I bring that up is because right here is a, a mindset, a, a lie that the world has embraced, and that is simply this. The world is trying to convince people that what is growing inside of a woman's womb is just a mass of cells, a glob of tissue, fetal matter, an organic substance, but it's not a life. It's not human. Now, the way some laws are written, they're not as extreme, and that is that uh, basically a child can be aborted up until 20 months because it's not um, physically viable, or 20 weeks, I'm sorry. Something like, 20 months? Dear God, that's a long pregnancy. <laughs> All the women said, hey, man, for 20, or whatever, 40 weeks instead of 20 months, amen. 
And then the extreme version of that is this, which the legislation has recently been, been put out in some places like New York and others, where now they say that life begins not after 20 weeks, but that life begins up until the moment that you start delivering the baby. So the way the law was rewritten now is that changing of some language has made it open where a, a mom can look at a, a doctor and say, hey, you know what, for the sake of my health, and I'm not talking about that my life might be affected if I give birth to the child, but my health, emotionally, I can't handle it. I don't know if I can understand and, and follow through on this. And if the doctor says, okay, literally right before the child is delivered through the, the womb, it can be killed, aborted. And so, as we, we see this, what we, we find is that what the world is trying to get us to believe is that it's just a mass, it's just the, the what is the definition? It's just the uh, products of conception, rather than inside that womb is a human life, a baby. So the question I want to start with is, what does God think about babies in the womb? Because as we address this issue in the church as Christians, we, we need to address it through the prism of God's word and God's truth. Now, I want to say today, if you're here and you've had an abortion or you've convinced someone to have an abortion, or maybe you've struggled with this topic and you've gone back and forth, I want you just to open your heart today. I want you to know that this is not a place where we're here to judge you. We're here to talk about you. Um, we're here to, to try to, to, to guilt you. The Bible says that if you're in Christ, no matter what's happened in the past, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And so this is that place where God brings healing, but he also brings truth. And so today, I want to I ask the question, what does God think about babies, or what does he say about babies in the womb? And so here's the first point. If you're writing it down, it's simply this. God sees the unborn as living humans with purpose and destiny. God sees the unborn as living humans with purpose and destiny. So that child that's growing in the womb, God sees it as a life with purpose and destiny in this world. Let's read what he says. It's found in the book of Psalms 139. He said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And all the men would say, you understand that if you're married. Come on, somebody say I mean, sometimes women can be complex. Come on, and the women said amen. Because I mean, no, the men can be very simple. Some of you are shaking your heads at me. I know, I know. I'm kind of a little bit putting the extremes. But aren't you glad that we are complex? In fact, did you know that God made us so complex that, that we have all of these abilities that, that literally you can jump up if you like basketball and in the wind, when the wind is blowing, to calculate for the blowing of the wind and your body floating to the left and how high you are off the ground and how much pressure you need to give and what kind of loft you need to give, your mind is able to calculate how to shoot that ball to go in a little hoop this big. Think about the processing and the complexity of that. Do you know that if you take all the arteries and capillaries out of your body and you put them next to each other, they would wrap the earth. Just one human would wrap the earth twice, over 60,000 miles in one body. Isn't it amazing that God made us so... I'm going to tell you, that's not random. That's a creative God who created us well. Come on, amen? So he said, you made me wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And then he goes on to say this. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Now watch what he says. You saw me before I was born. 
And then he says this, he says, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You see, what this tells us is that when God sees a child in the womb, he sees a life that has a divine purpose. In fact, every day has already been written down in God's book. And that life isn't just about your purpose for while you're here. It's about God's divine purpose because God uses the the humanity to fulfill his kingdom, to bring his kingdom for the world to see and to accomplish his purposes in this world. And so what we find is throughout the Bible, there's always been a spirit that wants to kill and stop or abort destiny and purpose. We see it all the way back. An example of this is in the, in, uh, in the book of Exodus, right? God spoke to Abraham and he said, your people are going to end up in a land for 400 years and then I'm going to miraculously deliver you and take you to the promised land. And so when it was close to 400 years, Pharaoh, he decides, I believe demonically inspired that he needs to start killing all of the male babies. It was kind of like a partial birth abortion. They would, they would start to have the baby and as soon as the baby was born and they realized it was a man, they'd kill it. And the reason, and here's the thing, is that the enemy, the, I believe the devil, began to give Pharaoh these excuses. Well, you see, there's so many Jews now, so many Israelites in this land that one day they're going to overtake you. So to protect the land, you need to make sure you kill them. And they had their excuse. It's just what was happening because Satan knew a deliverer was coming. And here's the name of that deliverer, Moses. So he's trying to abort the deliverance, abort God's purpose before it was ever even born. Y'all with me? Because the enemy wants to abort divine purpose and destiny. We see it with Jesus, remember? Satan knew a deliverer was coming. The magi from the far east, they came and they said, a child, a king is going to be born and he's going to be a light to the people. And so what happened? He speaks, Satan speaks and influences demonically Herod to to wipe out a whole village of children because that's where the baby is supposed to be born. He wipes them out and kills them. And he has his reason. He has his excuse. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I believe that in our world, we're seeing the same thing. We see people who have bought into the lie, the excuse of the enemy. And now here are our excuses. Well, it's not really a human. It's just a mass of tissue. Or maybe the excuse that the the devil has lied to us about is, well, you know, we're just not financially able to take care of this child. Or maybe the excuse we bought into is, I'm too old. This, This wasn't in my life plan. Or maybe the excuse is, you know, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm almost a child. I'm still in high school. How could I ever take care of a child? Because that spirit to stop divine destiny, to abort God's purposes is working. And here's the reality. It's not just working in our culture. It's working in the church. And I'll show you that in a few minutes. But here's what's interesting is I believe what happens in the natural is a reflection of often what's happening in the spirit. And I believe that right now, right now we're seeing almost a cultural war begin with the whole abortion thing with legislation. While some states are, are, are opening it up and making it easier to have later abortions. In fact, some are even, it's set up where if a, a child is aborted and, and it doesn't die, that the, the, the setup where the doctor doesn't have to try to keep the baby alive. You can let the child die. 
At the same time, we have states that are, are, are actually passing stricter legislation on abortion. The point I'm making is that there's this war going on. And, and, but I want to tell you something. I believe the same thing happens in the spirit. Because I believe, we talked about it last week, that God wants to release revival and awakening. He wants to birth something that will change this nation in the spirit. And he's working hard to stop it. That's why tonight at the outpouring, we're going to begin to pray that God is going to deliver revival. That we're going to continue to see it grow and thrive right here at Higher Vision Church and all across America. Come on, somebody shout amen. So you need to be here at Outpouring tonight. See, God sees the unborn as a human with destiny and purpose. Not only that, let me just make another quick observation. Observation, and that is that science supports the idea that the unborn are human beings. Did you know that now they, through science, we know that children in the womb, they, they hiccup, they suck their thumbs. Not only that, can I, I, I saw some research when I was studying this week that children in the womb actually have memories and remember words. They did a study where they, they played this, this fake word in front of a child in the womb for several thousand times. And then when the child was born later, they put electrodes on the brain and they looked and they could see. And when that word was spoken, the child responded with memory. They understood words. They actually understand and recognize um, images. And what's here, which is what they discovered, is that the image of a face that a, a child in the womb stays focused on longer than any other image. It's amazing that the more information, the more science we have, it shows us that babies, in fact, we know that babies uh, up until and before 20, month, or 20 weeks, <laughs> there's the month thing again, 20 weeks actually feel pain in the womb. Doctors can do surgeries on children in the womb. They give them pain medication. And, and so we're discovering, in fact, here's what's really cool. Now we're discovering that because of the advancements of science, that children as early as 22 weeks or even earlier have a rate of over 60% of those children are thriving and growing and surviving and, and, and basically being able to live out the destiny that God has for them. We have that testimony in our own church. Take a look at it right here. This is um, Ryder, and he, he was, when he was first, born, or is that Grayson? I think that's Grayson. One pound and 13 ounces. Born at 29 weeks. And take a look now. You can also see um, Ryder there. He was born at three pounds. Look at how small their little hands are. Watch this next picture. Look at that. And now because of life um, and doctors and technology, you can see that God is going to cause these beautiful children. The first one you can see with Randy there is that his son Ryder, right there, healthy, alive, fulfilling, going to live out his calling and purpose. Not only that, take a look at April and Grayson right there. Come on, give Jesus a praise. A lot of you were praying for them. Because God sees the unborn as a human with life and purpose and destiny. And even science is showing that more and more. So, here's the question. We've been in a series called Stand. How do we stand for the unborn? The sad thing is a lot of Christians haven't done it the right way. They're grabbing signs that say you're going to hell. Baby killer and standing out front in front of abortion clinics. Come on, you know, you can't debate anybody. You can't guilt anybody into change. You can't shame anyone into salvation. Come on, it's only the work of God. It's only through love. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the goodness of the Lord leads us to repentance. 
So how do we stand? How do we, in a way, help people to, to understand the reality of what's really going on in the womb? I'm going to give you four reasons. You ready? Write these down. Number one, if we're going to stand for the unborn, number one, we stand through prayer. We stand through prayer. I want to read to you a verse that's found. It's a popular verse that we read in 2 Chronicles. It says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will restore their land. It also says in another translation, will heal their land. I believe that God wants to bring healing. He wants to bring healing in our nation. He wants to bring healing in the church. And one of the ingredients is that you and I are people who will pray because prayer changes things. I'm reminded of the story in the Old Testament when there was a, a group of, of, of enemies surrounding Israel that were attacking attack Israel. One of them was a group called the Moabites. They were coming against the Israelis. And not only that, then there was the Ammonites. And they were coming against the Israelis. And then, of course, there were always the Mosquito Bites. Come on, let me know they're still around. Since we've had so much rain, there's a few more than we've had in the past. And what happened when these enemies came against them? What did the Bible say? They gathered together and began to fast and pray. And as they prayed, the Bible says the Lord set ambush against the enemy. And all these enemies started fighting each other, defeated themselves. They killed each other. And the Israelis were able to come in, the Israelites, and take all the plunder. And they ended up being more blessed by being attacked. Why? Because there's power in prayer. So we need to pray. The Bible says that if we'll repent of our sins and pray, the problem is that we don't pray. Let me ask you a question. Just be honest with yourself. How many times last year did you pray for the unborn? How many times last year did you pray for someone that, that had an unplanned pregnancy and, and they're trying to make a decision and you prayed that God would speak to that person and bring people into their life to help them realize there are other options? When was the last time you prayed for legislation that would protect the child? When was the last time you prayed that God would heal people that are struggling with an abortion in the past or maybe having pressured someone to have an abortion in the past? We have not because we ask not. So as a Christian, we're not going to grab a sign. We're not going to yell on Instagram and Facebook. Maybe God's saying, come together. How about tonight? Together we fall on our knees and we begin to cry out and say, God, save our land. Heal and restore. How can we stand? We stand through prayer. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Secondly, we stand through education. I believe this is a big important component of this process. Stand through education. I want to read a verse to you. Now, today I'm taking a little bit more of a topical approach to the passage, and I'm using verses in the Bible to kind of to, to point to truth. And, and many times we take kind of a hybrid of more of an expository approach where we'll take a passage and work through it. But I felt like this weekend that I wanted to, to take some time to approach this topic. And one of the things I discovered was I think this verse is so relevant for what we're talking about. It's found in the book of John, verse 8, and it says this, And you will know the what? You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here's what people don't realize. This verse does not say that truth will set you free. This verse says that you knowing truth will set you free. 
And what happens is, is we've got all the truth we need. We've got scientific evidence. We have God's word that teaches us. But because people have been deceived, they still make bad decisions. Why? Because they don't know truth. So we need to help them understand. We need to educate them. We need to share truth with them. Because when they know truth, that's when things will begin to change. That's why, as your pastor, I'm asking you to do something. I'm calling on you as a church. We have rented Canyon Country Theater. Next Sunday night at 5 o'clock, we are having two showings. We rented and we bought 521 tickets. There are two theaters we're going to show it in. There's a new movie coming out called Unplanned. And the story is about a woman. Her name is Amy Johnson. And she ran a Planned Parenthood clinic for eight years, overseeing, not personally, but overseeing her clinic, 22,000 abortions. And what happened was she had this moment where a total conversion took place in her heart because she was asked to go in and be a part of an abortion because they were shorthanded on their staff. And as as she watched on the the screen, she saw the the, uh, ultrasound screen and she saw what happened during that abortion and it radically changed her life. And she came out, she resigned from her position. She wrote a book on it. She had been employee of the year for Planned Parenthood. Her her clinic was one of the best that the, the whole nation had ever seen as far as according to their terms and their framework. And she radically changed, and now she's telling her story, and they've written a movie about it. In fact, here's what's crazy, is the movie has received an R rating. And I believe that there's an agenda behind it to stop people from going and seeing it with their kids. Because listen, there's no profanity, there's no sexuality, there's no nudity. The reason they made it R-rated movie is because there's a scene, the scene where they have a computer-generated, basically, video on the the screen of what happened or what she saw. And so because of that, of the the child being aborted, and because later on in the movie she had taken the day-after pill, and she hemorrhaged a little bit, and there's blood, and has to dispose of the embryo, because of that, they made it an R-rated movie. And I believe personally, I can't prove this, but I believe personally it was to dissuade people from seeing this movie, because I'm going to tell you, we saw it, I screened it here at Higher Vision with our staff. I wept through the whole movie. And here's what I discovered. When the movie was over, and by the way, they don't over-dramatize it. They don't add things to it. It is literally her story exactly as it happened, chronologically, exactly as it happened. She was sued by Planned Parenthood. They tried to stop her from sharing her story. And what I discovered at the end of the movie as I was talking with the people that had brought it in, here's what they shared with us. According to Planned Parenthood, 70% of women who had abortions put on the the form that they filled out that they were a Christian. And 43% of the women who had abortions had attended a worship service in the last 30 days. Can I just stop and say, if we want to change and reduce, did you know that since the Roe versus Wade was passed, there's been over 60 million abortions in America? Do you realize that we could stop 70% of the abortions that happen this year in America, not by passing legislation, but just by giving the church the truth. And uncovering the lie that it's not a glob of cells. It's not just a, a, a membrane, fetal membrane, but it's a living being that God has created with purpose and destiny. Because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Come on, somebody. Look at what the Bible teaches us in, in Ephesians. And this is what I believe God is doing through this movie and through this series. 
For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, what does it say? What does it say? Expose them. Evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. I'm going to tell you, there's no darker place than the womb. And so what's happening in the womb in abortions is being hidden from the world, from the mom, from the dad. It's in a private secluded doctor's office. And we don't realize the reality of what's actually taking place. And what the Bible says is we'll shine the light on evil. We'll shine the light on wrong. That what will happen, it'll change. It'll make it visible. And here's the reality. When we know truth, truth brings freedom. Some of you might even be saying, Pastor Jared, you're being really strong with this message. And my answer to you is you're absolutely right. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me in a morning prayer time during our 21 days of fasting and prayer. And he spoke to me. He said, Jared, it's time for you to stand. Stand for the unborn. Because they matter to God. And it's time for the church to stand. You see, here's the reality is that good people that love God are making very bad decisions because they don't know the truth. And what's happening is still hidden in the darkness. And so one of the ways that we can stand, I'm asking you as your pastor, get out there and buy every ticket up. And don't just buy a ticket for yourself, buy tickets for other people. Buy them for people that have had abortions, Buy them for people that have pressured people to have abortions. Buy them for people that you know that might be considering abortion. Buy them and bring as many young people as you possibly can. How many know that this generation needs to know the truth about God's purpose and destiny? You will know the truth. It's time that we break the lies of the enemy and God shines his light and brings truth and brings hope. So stand through prayer. Stand through education. Here's the third thing. How can we stand rather than grabbing a sign and shouting someone down? How about we stand not just through prayer and and through education, but we stand through generosity. I want to show you what happens when the light shines on the godly. Look what the scripture says. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. And what happens? They are what? generous. And they're what? Compassionate. And what? Righteous. When the light of Christ is shining in the life of a godly person, what happens? There's a compassionate heart. And suddenly, you don't, you know, not care anymore. You don't care that that children that are are not born, that are not being protected, are, are being robbed of their eternal destiny and their eternal calling and their eternal purpose. I want to read, a, read the, uh, this verse in a moment to you, but maybe you're asking yourself the question, Pastor Jerry, well, how can I be generous? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, number one, one way to be generous. In fact, can you bring me, um, Leilani, those, go out and buy a ticket to this movie. But Pastor, you know, I got stuff going on next week. I'm, I'm just going to ask you, cancel your plans. Cancel your plans and get somebody there. The movies, we're praying that the movie's going to get out and be in, in nationwide and theaters all over, all over America and all over the world. Why? Because I believe God wants to shine a light and bring truth and let people see behind the scenes what's really happening. 
I had someone come up to me and they said, Pastor Jared, I, the Lord, this is, this is dear to my heart and I bought 18 tickets. Here you go. I want to help someone. I want someone to know. Maybe for you, it's going out there and saying, I'm going to buy a ticket for everybody in my family. I'm going to guilt them into coming if I have to. Come on. I'm joking. But I'm going to do everything in my power. You know, the second thing you can do is not only buy some tickets back there. And by the way, you can do it online. If you want to go online, you can do it. You can also go to the table in the back. Secondly, what we're going to do is when we, when we show these movies, we're going to start by sharing a few things. We're going to have the Pregnancy Center there here in town. The Pregnancy Center is a ministry that's raised up to help women realize there are other options and um, to bring healing to people and education to people. And they're going to come and they're going to share a little bit about what they do. Did you know that hundreds of lives every year are saved right here in the Santa Cruz Valley because the Santa Cruz uh, Valley uh, Pregnancy Center is right here. So they're going to share and when the movie's over, we're going to take an offering. And all of the offering is going to go to help the Pregnancy Center. Grow their staff. Help them with the needs that they have. You know, another way that you can be generous, you see, because what happens is suddenly there's a compassion. Now suddenly you begin to care. I'll, I'll tell you another way to be generous, not just buy a ticket or, you know, be a part of giving in that offering to the pregnancy center, but maybe it's adopt a child. <laughs> Amen. Many years ago, when we had one child, her name was Macy, it was on Christmas Eve that Devette and I, and I'll explain why myself as well, went through a difficult, tragic moment and that we lost a child through miscarriage. Um, and it was, it was a bummer on Christmas Eve to have to go to the hospital and, and all of that. And why it was traumatic for me was not only the knowing that we'd lost a child, but for me the hard part was that I had to actually take the child out of the, out of the uh, toilet, put the child in a, in a plastic bag so that we could take it to the hospital so we could make sure that all the fetal tissue was there, the child's body was there for Devet in, in the aftermath of what needed to take place. It was not an easy thing. It was a traumatic thing. We had our second child, Haley. We had our third child, Tanner. But then God said to us, and by the way, I have a child I haven't met yet. One day I will. I think it's a he could be a she, I don't know. But what the Lord spoke to my wife and I was that since your child is with me and I had other plans, why don't you now give the love that you would have given to that child to a child who doesn't have anyone? And so we made the decision to adopt our son Hudson. And he's grown up in a family that loves him and cares for him. Maybe for you, the way that you can stand is to say, I want to show the love. I want to give care to a child and make them part of our family. You see, there's lots of ways that you and I can be generous. In fact, I want to tell you a story of someone who chose to be generous rather than to believe the lie. They shared this with me when they heard that we were preaching on this topic. And her name is Shannon. Um, her husband is Javier. I've known them for many years. I did not know this story. Shannon was raised in a Santa Clarita church. She was in church all the time, every Sunday. But in ninth grade, at the age of 15, she found herself in an unplanned pregnancy. 
Confused and alone and ashamed, she made an appointment to have an abortion. Let me stop and say one of the reasons why we're educating the church, one of the reasons why we're taking time to speak on this topic is because maybe you're here. You need to know something. I'm declaring in Jesus' name that higher vision is not a place where you're going to be gossiped about or you're going to be judged, but this is a place where you can be loved and encouraged and prayed for and helped and given the the things you need to make the decisions you need to make, to have the support you need. At the time, she didn't, for some reason, feel that way, so she made the appointment. But before her appointment, the youth pastor's wife had found out and asked her if she would go to the SCV Pregnancy Center with her. When she walked in, she said she felt love, acceptance, and a place where it was safe to talk. When she saw the image, images, and at that moment, she decided to give life to this baby. She went on to say how that the pregnancy center gave her the support she needed and the courage to tell her parents and to bring the baby to full term. And on November 15th, 1989, Carrie Michelle was born. Carrie was adopted by Shannon's cousins and was kept in the family circle. And when Carrie turned 18, she moved in with Shannon and Javier and soon after got married I think this is precious. And Shannon and her girls were in her wedding party. And Javier, her dad, officiated the service. She is now almost 30 years old, married with three children. She loves Jesus, volunteers in her youth um, department at her church, and she shares her testimony often with young girls. And now Shannon and Carrie are very close because God has given us, let's see a picture Every life, every unborn child has a destiny and has a purpose. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Thank you for sharing your story. How do we stand? We stand through generosity. The last way that we stand is we stand through healing. We stand through healing. I want to read a verse to you. It's found in James 5. It says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You know what this tells us? This tells us that healing comes when we pray together. There's power in the church when we stand together. I believe that God wants to bring healing. If you're here and have had a horrific thing happen to you, I want you to know that that we're here for you. In fact, maybe you're here, maybe you're joining us online and you had an unplanned pregnancy and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. I want to encourage you. You can text the word CARE to 661-295-6642. And if you'll text the word care, if you're thinking about it, you're trying to figure out what to do, maybe you're like this, this girl, Shannon, who's only 15 years of age, or maybe you're 40 years old, and now you got pregnant, and you're just not sure what to do, or maybe something horrific has happened to you. I want you to know that if you'll text the word care to that number, here's what's going to happen, is you're going to get a text back, and we're going to connect you with the pregnancy center, where someone can at least talk with you and pray with you, and give you options and opportunities that you may not have seen before, because the world has just given you one choice. The world has given you lots of excuses, but maybe God says there's another way. Second thing is maybe you're here and you have had a horrific thing happen to you, or maybe you just 
had an unplanned pregnancy, or maybe you're here and you've had an abortion. Maybe you've pressured someone to have an abortion. Maybe you're someone that said someone close to you that uh, aborted a child and you're struggling with it. I want you to know you can text the word. Guys, if you'll bring that back up. If you'll bring that slide up for me, guys. You'll text the word HEAL to the number 661-295-6642. When you text them, we have teams that are getting prepared already for this weekend. You'll receive a text and someone will call with you, call you and pray with you. They'll connect with you and they're going to help you experience the healing and freedom and peace that God has for you. And maybe if you've got tough questions, like I mentioned, maybe you were affected with something like we said, rape or something on that nature. Someone is there to talk with you and to hear you and to listen to you and to stand with you. I want you to know something. In Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. When God sees you, he doesn't condemn you. Doesn't matter if you pressured somebody, you had an abortion, doesn't matter if you killed someone, doesn't matter if you had an affair, doesn't matter if you lied about somebody, doesn't matter if you gossiped. I don't want to try to equate and say one is, you know, and I'm trying to minimize the the issue of, of the unborn child and abortion. But what I'm saying is no matter what you've done in life, no matter what's happened in life, Jesus came to say there's no condemnation. He's here to say there's a new beginning, forgiveness and peace and healing for you. You don't have to live under shame. Jesus didn't come to say shame on you. He came to say shame off of you. And he'll take, amen. He'll even take what seems to be the worst test, trial and test you've ever walked through. And I promise you, he can turn it into a testimony of God's healing and forgiveness. I want to read a verse to you. And this verse that I'm going to read is the end of my message. And it's what God thought about and had to say to people that were functioning in in like abortion. It was those that were giving their children to Moloch. And I want you to see what he said to those who were doing this, who believed the lie. Look what he says. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 3 says, I myself will turn against them and cut them off from the community because they have defiled my sanctuary and brought shame on my name by offering their children to Moloch. I'm going to turn my back on them. I'm not going to give them my grace. I'm not going to release my favor. I'm not going to bring my blessing because they've made bad decisions, because they've, 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 uh, they've believed the lies. They've, they've walked in the excuses. We get that, right? We get that God doesn't like sin. But now I want you to see, as we continue this verse, what he says to the people who watched it happen and didn't stand. He goes on to say in the next verse, he says, and if my people, if the people of the community, if Christians, if believers ignore those who offer their children to Moloch, You don't pray for someone that's had an abortion that needs God to bring healing in their life. You don't help people to understand the reality of the unborn child and the life and destiny that they have. You get busy with your own life and don't really pay attention. You don't vote for people that'll support legislation that'll protect the unborn. If you just ignore it, if you just go on your way, and I'm sad to say that that's the condition of the church. And you know what? I'm not talking about grabbing a sign and pointing a finger at someone, but people who will pray, people
people who will share and educate, people who will love, people who will heal, people who will give, people who will support. Let's go back to the verse. Guys, bring that verse back up. So then if the people of the community of believers ignore those who offer their children to Molech, I myself will turn against them and their families and cut them off from the community. So set yourself apart to be holy for I am the Lord your God. When I read that verse, I felt like what God was saying to me is that it's time for us to repent. And so as your pastor, as a dad, as a husband, as a man, as a leader of this church, today I get on my knees and I'm going to ask for some people who have ignored it, people who haven't prayed, people who haven't stood, that know that maybe you need to repent to get on your knees. And I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer of repentance with me because 70% of what's happening in our country is happening right in the church. So if you believe we need to repent, I'm going to ask you to get on your knees. I know some can't because of physical situations. Some just may not want to, and that's okay. But I'm asking you to get on your knees with me and pray a prayer of repentance. That God would forgive us of our sins. And he would heal and restore our land. Will you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, we ask you to forgive us for ignoring, come on, for ignoring unborn children, for not standing for unborn children, for getting busy with our lives, for wanting to stay out of controversy. Forgive us for believing the lies that that child is not valuable. It doesn't fit into our plan. We're too young. We're too old. Forgive us for all of our excuses. Forgive us for not praying Forgive us for not giving. Forgive us for not bringing healing. Forgive us for not sharing truth. Lord, help us to rise up and stand for the unborn and protect the innocent. God, move in our land. Bring healing to those that are hurting. Bring healing to those that are in difficult situations heal broken hearts restore God move once again in this nation in the name of Jesus we pray now as your eyes are closed I declare Lord I speak healing over your people Lord I speak healing over those who've pressured people to have abortions. Lord, I thank you that you're a God of healing. 
lift the shame, lift the, the frustration. Lord, I pray right now for some that are in a moment of trying to figure things out. Lord, open their eyes to know truth because when we know the truth, you set us free. I declare freedom in this house. I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. I speak healing to women who are good people that love God, but they believe the lie and they fell into the excuses and Lord, they had abortions and I pray that you'd help them to find healing today through the name of Jesus. I declare it again. There is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. God doesn't condemn you, but he loves you. I pray wash grace, bring healing over them right now. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do. And Lord, I pray, will you pray with me right now? I want everyone to just join me that we're going to pray that this movie, Unplanned, will just kind of be like the movie the, uh, the, of the crucifixion of Christ that just went viral and went everywhere all around the world. This message needs to be seen. We need to shine a light on the darkness. Come on, pray with me. God, bless this movie. Give them favor. Put it in theaters all across America. God, I pray that you would use it to save lives. Use it to get the word out, to uncover the, the truth and to uncover the lies of the enemy. Lord, reveal the truth that God, you have before we were even born planned every day. You've written it in your book. You have divine destiny and purpose. So we speak a blessing over it. Lord, any plans of the enemy to hinder it or any uh, movie theaters that want to stay away from it because of controversy. Lord, I pray, give them the courage to stand up and show the movie. Lord, fill this, the theaters with Christians and non-Christians, people that will hear truth and set us free. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You can stand up today.